Welcome to I Am A Wild One podcast with mystic pop music artist Michelle Vreeland. Hey, Wild Ones, Michelle Vreeland here. I have a very special Halloween episode for you guys. It's a two-part Halloween episode. Um, I'm interviewing Amy Blackthorne um, from Blackthorne's Botanicals. Um, She has written several books three that are already available and four that a fourth that will be released in the spring of next year and we're going to talk about witchcraft oh yeah we are and um i have to tell you that we had so much fun we we could have gone on for another hour so we chatted for almost three hours so i had to split this um podcast episode up into two parts and the first half we talk about her healing journey after being hit by a Mack truck and how she used rich witchcraft to help her heal. Um, um, she created miracles, actually. Her and um, a team of witches created miracles in the healing arena. Um, it stunned doctors um, in terms of her recovery process and how well she was healing and um, and how she turned to witchcraft to be able to do that. So we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be making some really cool res- a really cool recipe out of her um, latest book that's out um, at Barnes and Noble and Amazon and on her website. It's called Blackthorn's Botanical Brews. And it's a really amazing book, and it's out just in time for Halloween. And there's so many amazing recipes in there that you could um, go through and make. And we actually do make a magical um, potion slash cocktail in part two. So make sure to listen and watch part two so you see how um, we do it. And actually, it was super fun. Um And then in part one, we mainly talk about um, how um, we basically how she self-healed or how she, well, along with the team of experts, but she also did that because I know we like to talk about healing on this podcast. So um, I wanted to bring in her take on all of this. And I know there's many of you who aren't into witchcraft or maybe curious about it. And um, this would be a really great episode for you to listen to, um, to introduce you into um, what witchcraft is and what people use it for and all of that stuff. I think it might be very eye-opening and enlightening to many of you who are unfamiliar with this space and how it's, um, how it's used and how it works and all that stuff. And... Um, so anyway, with further ado, I'm going to um, bring on the podcast that I did with Amy. I had so much fun doing it, and I hope you have um, fun listening to it. Anyway, many blessings to you guys, and enjoy the podcast. Cool. Hi, Amy. How are you? Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. Yeah. Do you remember meeting me like two or three years ago? I think it was three years ago at PantheaCon. Yeah, and the Wiser Suite. Yeah, and I got your, um, yes, in the Wiser Suite, and I got your Botanical Magic book. Do you remember that? Yes. I actually have all your books, if these are all your books. Those are the ones that are currently available. The Protection Magic book will be out at the end of February, beginning of March. You have so many books, and I recently got this yesterday. 
Fantastic. It's kind of hard to find. Um, I had to go to two Barnes and Nobles, if you can believe it. <laughs> well, it is October, I'm sure that was way apart. Yeah, well, they didn't know where it was because they would normally have it in magic, but uh -huh. sometimes it's where the cooking is. I did not know that. You know that? And I went to two Barnes and Nobles and they had to look and they thought it was where the bitters were, you know, where the, where the mixology. Right, right, right. That's where they had it as opposed to in the metaphysical area, in case you didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, but anyway, but I, this is my first introduction to you, and I have thoroughly used this book, and I'm super excited here. I have to show everyone like where you signed my, I don't know if the film can see. There we go. Yeah. And you signed it. And I kind of wished during that time we were actually filming the podcast because you said some a lot of a lot of amazing things about this book and how to actually use this book which I still wish I should have just hit record on my phone, truthfully. <laughs> even if even if it was just for me, you know, for my purposes, it would have been worth it. But um, anyway, I've used this book a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And um, so one of the things that um, what, you're like one of my favorite witches, I got to tell you. <laughs> Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. Yeah, I know. And because I think the way that you approach magic is what intrigues me is that you have a very practical approach and you, you really are tapped into like the human condition and what would be beneficial for someone going through all these various things. And I feel like somebody with a great amount of wisdom, only someone with a great amount, amount of wisdom would know. And so I just find that to be, you're one of those like, oh, for me <laughs> in that regard. So that's why I wanted to have you here on the special Halloween episode. Oh, 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 I have to, I did this just for you, just for you. Hold I'm so on. excited. Hold on. Botanicals and brews. If that doesn't work, okay. Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. I have a backup. Because <laughs> I don't do anything willy nilly here. Hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. All right. Watch this. Because it can't be. There we go. <laughs> That's fantastic. If we were going to get into botanicals and brews and into this Halloween witch episode, we had to have <laughs> dry ice, right? It's fantastic. And this is another surprise that we're going to do is we are actually going to make a drink together. I went through your book and yeah. I, I got a few, I want to move the camera so the camera can see, but I'm afraid to move it because it's so perfectly placed. Hang on, I'll just show everybody. So I've got like everything lined up to actually make a, make a um, botanical brew with you. So excited. <laughs> so we're going to have fun. So anyway, so I'm excited. I'm, 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 uh, so you've got three books. This is my first book that I discovered with you. This is my second book that I discovered sacred smoke. 
and then botanicals and brews, which I'm currently discovering. So I wanted to start with the, with um, this one mm-hmm. for the listeners. And I actually brought out my essential oils, which are right That's here. A display. Yeah, and these are my aura sprays that I that I make. Um, I have many different types. And I actually do use this book as a reference when I'm trying to figure out which um, essential oil does what. And I have a few other um, essential oil books that I use as a reference as well. One of one is called Sacred Oils. Have you heard of that one? No, not that one. That one's a really good one. It's very intense, though. Very intense. It talks about awakening the spirit of the of the, <laughs> of the essential oil, stuff like that. So anyway, but, um, but I wanted to, um, just to talk about this book and, um, and how you got started into doing all of that, or, um, you know what I mean? Like the aromatherapy portion. Yeah. Like, was this your first book or it is yeah, because I, honestly, this must have taken years, right? No? You want to you know a secret? What? I wrote that in four months. No, you didn't. Yeah. My publisher gave me eight, but I was terrified that I was going to do something wrong and everyone would hate my guts, that it took me four months to start writing. Wow. You did um, it that quick? Yeah. Wow. I had already had the clinical aromatherapy training. I'd already been working with essential oils for 15 years. So I just had to figure out what I wanted to put in and how I wanted it to look. And then it just wrote itself. I mean, I, I was just, every day I would come into my office and have set up my ritual space. I had my little diffuser going and I'd work with one essential oil a day. That way my nose wasn't getting confused. I wasn't getting my, my vibes crossed. So I take one drop of whichever essential oil I was working with that day, turn on my diffuser and connect to the spirit of that plant. And then the material just flows. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) One one of the things that fascinated me about your story is how you told me that you were in a major car wreck. Um, It was more that you were ran over by a Mack truck, right? Right. Like you weren't even in a car, you were just walking and then bam. Can you tell the listeners that story? I think it's so amazing. I mean, just how you've just, just your journey in this whole thing and how you discovered witchcraft as a means to rise up out of the ashes. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, but tell us that story. I was really touched when we, when we met in California because it's not an easy thing to talk about. When we look at our journeys as people, it is such a, it's a moment in time that changes literally everything for you. One minute I am driving home from a date and the next minute I am waking up in the emergency room and it ha- I, have to, I have to sort of walk back in my head, where was I and what, what was happening? And it took a couple days because Uh, There was actually some swelling in my brain from the impact. They actually had to fly me, you know, in a helicopter to the nearest hospital, level one trauma center. And it was so incredible because I knew I could tell you my phone number 
from kindergarten, the, the address that I lived at, you know, in my very first house, but I didn't know who Dean Kuntz was. I had been reading Kuntz and King since puberty. And I, I thought everything was fine, but my mother says, oh, you know, I'm gonna go get you the new Dean Kuntz book. And I didn't know who she was talking about. This, you know, waking up, this very jarring experience of waking up in and out of consciousness for over 24 hours. The multiple surgeries to put me back together. And I woke up with 72 pins and I'm being told I'm never gonna walk again. I was really lucky that my high priestess was an emergency room nurse and knew how to handle all the things that were happening because I was not there. <laughs> I was no longer capable. Um, I had joined my my coven at the time. The minute I joined, the minute I turned 18, I ran out and I joined the first coven I could find. Never do that. <laughs> like date around a bit. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but here I am, I just turned 21 and I was so lucky to have my coven be able to come up. And I mean, it was an hour away from the covenstead that I was lying in a hospital bed. So every so often I'd have one or two coven members. We had 35 <laughs> coven members by the time they, we had to split because there's 35, it's way too many to be in one, one ritual. <laughs> uh, I was really lucky to have people who loved and supported and were able to come and give me the, the ritual support, the emotional support and the magical support to be able to make it to the next day. Mm. I was, I, I am so blessed. Uh, my doctor at one point came into my room, you know, every day comes in and checks in, see how you're doing. And he came in and he said, okay, we're, we're going through all these tests and we're trying to figure out, make sure everything's as okay as it can be. And he said, I really, I gotta ask you, you were doing so much better than anyone has any right to. I have no idea how you're doing this. How are you? They didn't expect me to live through the night. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I died in the car. I was declared down the scene. Like I was not, I was no longer present. Um, so they didn't expect me to live through the night. I have scarring on my face and I've got all these little tiny, little tiny stitches because they wanted to make sure that I had what I needed. Incredible hospital staff. We said, I, I don't understand. Like you're healing faster than anybody has any right to. You're doing better. How are you doing this? <laughs> and I said, I, I have something that other people don't. He said, well, if you can, if you can help me replicate this, like I can do this for other people. You let me know. I'm like I'm sorry buddy I've got a, a tradition of 500 witches praying for me every, every day 500 witches doing spells and magic and prayers and dancing and hollering and mm. to make sure that I make it through the night and he's like well yeah I can't replicate that yeah, I can't do that <laughs> it can't do that uh, but I even you know I, I spent a number of months in that hospital I got transferred to a uh, transitional rehab facility mm. nursing home <laughs> because I couldn't take care of myself I couldn't walk I couldn't feed myself I, I broke both my arms both my legs my pelvis was cracked in half my face my nose my orbital my collarbone is shattered 
Like I was in rough shape. Wow. So I could not, I couldn't take care of myself. They're like, go to this rehab hospital, spend six months there, <laughs> come and see us when you're done. Wow. And it's funny because I couldn't, I couldn't go home. I couldn't go back to outside until I could get up and down the stairs myself. Like, okay, this is my goal. I'm going to crush it. Because this is the same doctor who said, you, you'll you know, probably never walk again. <laughs> you have never met me. <laughs> I am a double Virgo and I was raised by very um, confrontational people. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't spew expletives in his face, but I did think it really loudly. <laughs> um, the, for someone to just say, oh yeah, you're, you're probably not gonna walk. Well, you don't know me from Adam. So now I have to prove you wrong. Yeah. Mm. Being able to struggle and accomplish the goal of I have to learn to walk three or four times because every time with a different medium whether it was crutches or cane or um, different sizes of shoes and you know, being able to walk up and down the stairs they even have they all have different skill sets and we don't think about that when we're raising children because they're learning at their pace but being 21 and I had just gotten my black belt and no, you're telling me I have to start from scratch? That's not okay. Mm. Uh, it was it was really a test of fortitude to be able to go through all these things and not give up every day. I'm not going to say there are days where I didn't want to give up. Yeah. But having a loving partner and friends and family who were able to come to the hospital and see how I'm doing, the... The first, the first hospital I was at, the my, you know, every so often some coworkers would stop by. But as soon as they realized that I was still within my probationary period before getting into the union, they fired me on the spot. They're like, nope, she's done. What? Yeah. So I had, I had no health care. I had no coverage. I had no, no money coming in. I had nothing. Oh. That was hard to, that was hard to live with. I mean, this was my first car. I got it. At 18, I learned to drive. Wow. My my now my partner taught me to drive at 18. Because mm -hmm. my my mother was not having any of it. <laughs> it's not a thing. Um I didn't want my son driving either. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually we figured it out. So he's doing pretty good. But man, no, your story really touched me. Um because on a lot of levels, I mean, your perseverance, your willingness to go through something so horrific and to keep going, the magical aspect of how you were, you and your coven and um, and other witches were able to, to come together for a common goal, and that is to help you heal. And um, I just find that to be just, there's so many layers of amazing, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, of, of that particular story. I know for me, when I was dealing with um, severe depression, I um, was friends with the, um, well, I'm friends with the local witch and she had a shop up in Hollywood. She still has a shop, but it's changed location since. But anyway, I remember going to see her and I was like, girl, I'm really depressed. I need help. <laughs> I need help with this because I've tried everything and nothing's working. And I just want to feel like me again. Like, I just want to be me. That's all I want. No more, no less. 
you know, and she um, made me this really cool oil. And she just looked at me, made me this little oil, and then we labeled it together. And we called it um, Rise Up. I think that's what we called it, or Rise Above, something like that. And then I just put a little bit on my heart chakra area. And, um, and I did that every day for months and months. And I can tell you that it really made a huge difference um, for me, you know, in order to rise above this murky, cloudy, like moment I was having at the time. And so I'm very fascinated about um, utilizing witchcraft for healing purposes. Um, because I think a lot of people think, oh, um, or even witches, like new witches, they don't really know, like, hey, you can use this for healing stuff. Like, it's not just for you to have money and love and all the fun <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> but witchcraft actually can be helpful and beneficial in the healing aspect as well. And I know for me personally, I utilized um, that to feel um, better. Like some days I couldn't even function without using the oil. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wanted, like I said, just wanted to be myself, no more, no less. And, um, and it, and it helped. And, um, and then when I met you, cause this is before I met you mm -hmm. and then you talked about this story and how you use magic to heal from something so intense. Um, I don't know how I personally could have been as strong as you have been during those moments. And, and cause on top of everything else, you lost a lot like you lost a life like you didn't just lose your body parts you know like the use of them you lost a whole life so you had to mentally get through that aspect and I find that to be so amazing like to see you here standing <laughs> sitting doing all the magical things writing books teaching people how to do stuff how to make cool things and to have fun in the meantime but also to heal I think that's such a gift and such a blessing um, that you're able to turn something that you so horrific, but you turn it into something so beautiful, you know, and there's wisdom behind all of that. And you're able to share it via your books. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. It's funny. I'm working on book five right now. It's due New Year's Eve. <laughs> it, uh, Blackthorn's Botanical Wellness. Uh, I talked about it with my editor before I sent in the proposal for the, the pub board to go over. And it's interesting because there's so many really beautiful and really thoughtful books on healing, wellness, and self-care in, in witchy publishing right now. I mean, I can, I can walk into Barnes Noble and find 20 books. But the thing I talked about this with my editor, Judica Isles, the incredible and amazing she wrote the Encyclopedia of 5,000 Spells, Mystic Saints and Sages, um, the Encyclopedia of Spirits. Like she's, she writes these amazing books. And I said, none of these books really show what it's like to actually have to deal with the wellness, the getting well. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's, there's, you know, there's really great spells and there's really great meditations, but none of them have the understanding of what long-term illness does to a person. Yeah. And that's something you can't really understand unless you experience. So it's my job to be able to figure out how to 
put that out on the page and, and help people understand that this is something that we'll deal with for the rest of my life. I developed uh, different autoimmune diseases from having to go through this level of stress. I, I now have chronic hives and I, you know, for about the last six years, just from the level of stress that my body's been under since that happened. Mm. It's all really important for us to be able to connect as people because it's so easy to just say, oh, well, if you, if you're a good person, things, bad things won't happen to you. Well, that takes every person who has trauma, you know, problems with individual people, chronic illness, chronic pain, and it tells them that it's their fault and that's not okay. Yeah, that's not okay. And that's one thing in the healing community um, that I find to be, sometimes it can be, I, I don't think that they're trying to be discompassionate. You know, I think it's just, you know, like when they say, oh, well, it's in, all in your head. Like you have to think yourself well. And I mean, I do believe in manifestation and, and as a Reiki master, there are things that, you know, <laughs> you know, that like, it's helpful to have a positive mental attitude. And I'm sure part of your inner strength was having mental strength, like to get through is even on the low day, on the low days, but it's definitely a dance. <laughs> oh, it really is. You know what I mean? You can't a hundred percent, you know, uh, I don't know what the word would be. I don't want, I kind of don't want to say victim blaming, but I don't, know what the right term would be do you have the right term i don't know but um it can be discompassionate in my opinion to just say well it's just your thoughts if you thought better thoughts you'd be more you wouldn't be as sick you know or right like that you know yeah when i got out of the hospital the second hospital i had to go to physical therapy seven hours a day five days a week you know, for, oh goodness, a little over two years. I had physical therapy, aqua therapy, and occupational therapy. Things like figuring out how to pick things up because half of this hand was numb, broken bones. You know, we've got to figure out how to get back to being me. Yeah. Well, this is incredibly painful that, you know, there's still different surgeries and there's different, different processes medically that I have to go through. But being miserable is not, I don't deserve that on top of everything else. Yeah. So being able to, even if I, even days you have to fake it, I would come into physical therapy with a smile on my face. Even if I felt like used dirt, I was going to make sure that the other people around me got something out of this. You know, Hey, how's your day going? Let's, let's chat, make new friends. The number of people who came to me and said, look, I really appreciate what you did when I was there. Mm. I, didn't, I, I didn't only do it for you, but I'm really glad that you got something out of it because there's so much that we deal with on a daily basis that if I allowed myself to wallow in misery, yes, I was depressed, but if I allowed myself to wallow, it seemed like it made it even worse. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I think it's important to, um, but at the same time, I mean, when you're dealing with chronic pain, it is hard to be happy in a sense. Oh God, yes. Because the pain- I faked it more than I didn't. <laughs> it, it hurts, yeah, it hurts, yeah, it, it's it's a thing, it's a thing. Um, 
So I just think it's really great. I mean, do you, for those that are watching, um, do you have, cause you talked about um, how you were able to heal. Um, like, is there some, is there like a magical, like a practical magical spell or certain herbs or certain oils that someone at home could do by themselves that, that are going through? um type of chronic pain like can you recommend anything or is it a little more intensive than that than just lighting a candle and going <laughs> you know or i don't know because not everyone, not everyone knows 500 witches that can sing and dance and pray for them <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the biggest part of that <laughs> biggest part was practice um i i didn't want to be on they wanted me to be on oxycotton for the rest of my life and oh no forget that oh no thank you Talk I about no soul you know i mean that's a step to like selling your selling your soul i so many people i know have died from that type of medication or they get hooked on morphine no i'm sorry uh the, what's the other with the street one? Oh, i'm having a brain spell not heroin heroin because it's cheaper Mm -hmm. and you can go out there and you can get it and no i'm not a fan of that <laughs> by any means so i had the ability to uh my my partner and i were i i purchased a house uh my partner and i moved in and i started looking for ways to manage my pain that didn't involve drugs because there was no way making it through that i needed to be able to feel myself I needed to be present and I couldn't do that with all these random pain medications they wanted me to be on. Yeah. So I, I procured a, a little two-seater sauna that I put in the basement <laughs> and, and a, a hot tub outside so I could manage my pain as best I could without medications. And yeah. I went from wheelchairs to platform crutches to canes to, I mean, years and years of rehabilitation my my partner and i still joke that the platform crutches were evil <laughs> you could plot you could prop them up in the corner where nothing is to, they could still like leap off of the wall and crack you in your noggin because they were possessed <laughs> uh those of you those of you at home platform crutches you picture a regular traditional crutch you may have seen on tv you may have used them but they had to screw a a steel plate to the side of it. So I operated them by holding um, handhelds there. So my I was actually operating it with my elbows because my wrist was broken and my elbow was broken. So I could not support my weight with my wrists the way you would with a traditional crutch. So I increased my wingspan, but uh, not so much with the operating in a straight line. Oh man. Wow, that sounds really painful. Yes. I um yeah, so okay, so I want to get into um the fun part. Let's 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 do some fun stuff. Let's make a drink. I know I'm skipping around a little bit, but I want to um oh before we make the drink. Yes. Because okay, so part of the okay, what I want you is those at home that end up getting this book, explain to them how to use the book because you explained it to me, it's a very, you have it, you created it in a very specific way to be specific. And I remember thinking, 
oh, wh what did she say how to use it? And I, <laughs> I, like, I should have wrote it down and I didn't. And yeah, so anyway, explain to our listeners how to use the book. So the very back in the indices, past the, past the, what page? Uh, I, I'll have to get one of the other editions. This is this, if you look, this is the events release copy. Oh, okay. So it doesn't even have a back on it. Oh, cool. The copy that you're holding in your hands has 50 more pages than this one does. Because oh, be wow. between the sec the first and second edits, I added 2,000 words. <laughs> so this that's 50 pages you didn't have to pay for because the price was already set. Oh, nice. Uh, so I the recipe, <laughs> the recipe like index all the way in the back is set up very specifically. We have all the recipes are broken into groups. So banishing spells, blessing spells, emotional well-being recipes. So they're all grouped so that you know you have to figure out what exactly you need. And then instead of having page numbers to go and look at, it'll tell you which section to look at, which oil you'll find it in. Mm. So if you want comfort food, which is one of my favorite recipes in this whole book, you'd have to find it by going to grapefruit. Oh, so we, we that's interesting. Go and look for grapefruit. Let's see, ginger. But I would have to go to comfort food for, oh, I see that. And then I go to grapefruit. Right, so we can find it in the grapefruit section, which is nice and all. Um, the original intent was to figure out so we knew where it was because by the time I, I said, you know, I'm a double Virgo. I do this stuff all the time. I have a list for my lists. Oh, well, we I have page I'm, numbers. I'm a Virgo with a Leo moon. So I have a Leo moon. You do? Ooh. Mm -hmm. Yep. Virgo, Virgo rising and Leo moon. Oh, wow. My rising is I'm in the Gemini, uh, Taurus cusp. Very interesting <laughs> rising, which I think is my scatteredness. Let me let my black cat in. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I hear him at the door. He's like, come in. Oh, it's playing coy. I'll just leave it open. All right, I'm back. <laughs> so my favorite part about this is, okay, you're going through grapefruit and you find comfort food. And it's very, there's grapefruit and benzoin and black pepper and it smells really sweet. And then you've got the custardy bit from the benzoin. But if you look at the recipe index, where all these words are that tell you where to find, where to look for your individual yeah. ingredients. Yeah. It's a ready-made list of substitutions. So oh. if you have an emotional well-being recipe that you want to make and you're out of cardamom, you know, you can substitute basil or grapefruit. They'll oh, still have the same magical equivalents. It's just whether or not it smells good to your nose, because remember, you were the one using it. Yeah. One yeah. of the best parts about magical aromatherapy is that with each of our friends having these uh, very similar associations. It just has to smell good to you because if it doesn't smell good to you, you're not going to use it. There's no point in mixing it. Yeah. But also that adverse reaction um, also takes place as a part of the magic. So you're already blocking the magic that you yourself have created. So if it doesn't smell good, you've already put up that wall between you and your heart and that magical working that you're doing. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, just because I'm... Where is the substitutions? 
when you're looking at the recipe index, say comfort food and grapefruit, uh -huh. that outside line or each of those materials is found is your substitution list. Okay. That's cool. Oh, I see it. There it is. I found it. <laughs> Takes me a minute. Yeah, so that's, yeah, I love this book. I actually made quite a bit of the stuff in here. Um, I made some stuff for my mom. Um, she was having nightmares, but like mm -hmm. astral type nightmares, not like the normal kind, like she was getting visited by some weird energy that was freaky. So mm -hmm. um, I made her one of your, um, what is it, a nightmare? You oh, the nightmare, anti-nightmare syrup. Yeah, I made that and she liked it. It actually did help. Um, um, and then I made, um, I made quite a few things in here. <laughs> um, but I, but I use it. Oh, here it is. The nightmare, uh, night terror banishing syrup. <clears throat> um, and now I, I feel like I need to make the emotional balance oil. I'm looking at that and I'm <laughs> to make that up. <laughs> I mean, actually, since we're sitting here, I can show you. This is my little tester box. Ooh. So while I'm in my office and I'm working diligently to try and figure out what needs to be created, what wants to be a part of this book, I would write down the principal oil and think about, okay, what does it want to be? What does, what does, what goes with aniseed? And so I would blend these each oil. So I actually have a, the little two milliliter bottles of all the oils as they were created. And I'll tell you, this box smells amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So this is my mercury oil. Mm. Uh, I'll tell you, I have used this as a divination of sorts. Like, what do I, what do I need today? What needs to happen? Mm. And I grabbed the Madden oil. <laughs> oh, I see. Kind of like if you pull, you pull an oracle card. You're pulling an oil. I love it. You just put your hand over it, and then just kind of go, "Whoop, that one's for me." <laughs> I love the Mavin oil because it came out smelling like a fresh loaf of bread. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Hang on one second. Let me close the door. Okay. Having kitty. <laughs> animals <laughs> oh yes my my pipple puppy millie is in the podcast studio off to the side she's curled up in a little ball on top it's a converted closet it's got bookshelves built in and i crammed a love sack beanbag chair into the closet so <laughs> she thinks i made her a little nest so. oh she's like thank you this is my it's my castle <laughs> i love it <laughs> so yes when i'm I'm writing at night in my office. She, she'll come in and keep me company over in the podcast studio. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so I wanna I wanna get into botanical brews and then I wanna get into sacred smoke. Um, unless you feel like we should get into sacred smoke and burn something first and then pick a botanical brew. I was going through your botanical brew book and I thought of maybe two things that out of but I thought okay I'm gonna let her decide what we make based on my <laughs> ingredients you know um, but 
I know that it would be, it would be good to maybe like set the tone, like set the space. And then it's a good opportunity to show listeners how to set their own tone. I know for me, before I go into making an aura spray, it's really important that I make sacred space before I even go into making any kind of aura spray. Um, and also I cleanse myself in the process and I meditate and do the whole thing and make sure that the energy that I'm channeling is very pure, very clean, um, clean, whatever that means, but you know what I mean? Like it's intentional, yes. intentional. Um, <clears throat> and, um, so maybe let's do the sacred smoke, maybe briefly talk about, um, this book. And then, um, and then go into the fun part, which is making a cocktail. <laughs> Actually, I want one now. I'm like, make a cocktail, make one now. But I'm going to wait. <laughs> it was so important to me. I've seen so much material over the last, I mean, I've been, I've, been, I've been practicing almost 30 years, which I don't feel like I've been alive long enough to be doing anything for that long. Hmm. there's so much material that's available plant-wise that our plant allies are reaching out for us to connect with us to really embolden that relationship i feel that way. it's that's so hard brand is about like you can almost feel like because the wild it's about your inner wild but it's also about the wild world that we live in like the plant life everything animals it's all like connected they all want to communicate with us <laughs> right? Yes. So the availability of uh, Salvi Appiano White Sage had gotten to the point where it was now a verb in, in the lexicon of, you know, many different various communities. And I wanted to show people that that's not the only plant out there. That is an indigenous practice. And that is not, you know, this is sage in case anyone's. Wondering. I wanted to give people the opportunity to create their own practice that was based in their authentic life something that resonates with them who they are as people and their personal histories so we start with lavender and clove two really beautiful plants that are very gentle to work with very opening that door saying hey let's let's reach out and work with this person oh, you know that. journaling to understand what our sense sense responses are to different fragrances we have to go through when we smell lavender you're not smelling the first time you smelled lavender you're smelling the most recent time you smelled lavender so after a while it begins a copy of a copy of a copy so when we go through that box filled with our days on this planet you get to that recognition we have to go through our memory boxes to get to recognition so you have to go through that's why memory is so intricately linked with our sense of smell yeah because when we're going through that journey you've got a we've got a lot of memories to dig through so it doesn't matter how beautiful i think lavender is if you have a traumatic memory associated with lavender it doesn't matter how beautiful it is your brain says stop this is i am not okay the neat thing about that is understanding that our sense of smell is a copy of a copy of a copy makes it really empowering for victims of trauma to say that's not what this is when we remember something we're not remembering the thing that happened we're remembering the last time we thought about that thing that happened 
So it becomes a way to distance ourselves away from the traumatic things that happen in our lives. It gives us the control back to say, this is not okay. This is what I no longer need in my life. So in embracing this as a, a whole approach to understanding our, sen our sense of smell and our emotional sense of smell, those emotions that are tied up with individual sense, it empowers people to select things that are really speaking to them and to their own experience. It doesn't matter if some lady on TV says you should use white sage because I said so. It doesn't matter. Mm. What matters is your own experiences, your journey, and the way that you resonate with these plants. And that allows people to create an understanding between yourself and the plant allies that we're looking to work with. And I, I, I'm loath to use the word use because this is a partnership. This is not, I, I'm going to Spencer's to buy flip-flops and I'm gonna pick up some you know, sage while I'm at it. Mm. I won't gatekeep, but I'm, I will try very sternly <laughs> to help encourage people to look at where they source their materials from. If it's the only place you can find tarot cards, high five, go for it. Yeah it's more important to look at the connections that we make in our communities and with our allies. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, um, I find, cause I started gardening in 2016 and I didn't have a green thumb at all. I mean, it took me a year of killing everything I tried to grow <laughs> <laughs> to get the hang of it. I mean, I overwatered, I underwatered, I, did all kinds of soil things incorrectly, feeding incorrect. Oh, you have to feed the plants. They need food. Oh, you know, like <laughs> I did so many horrible things to plants. <laughs> it took a really long time for me to figure it out. And I think it had a lot to do with my energy just wasn't grounded enough right. to hear um, the plants. You know, and and personally, that has a lot to. Well, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, I'm I'm a victim of childhood trauma, and it has affected my brain in a way where I actually really do struggle with grounding my energy. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that I have to work on, like as a daily practice. And when I don't do it, I get a little. Um, it's something called like you disassociate. Mm -hmm. very easily and so and what people don't understand who don't suffer from disassociation is you can disassociate from all kinds of things <laughs> you can disassociate while driving mm -hmm. you can do it while driving um all kinds of subjects um you i know you you can disassociate to the point where you can't really you don't know how you feel Mm -hmm. You don't know what your body feels like, um, or like you'll have to go to the bathroom and you go like, like really late, like right when you have to go, cause you can't recognize the signs prior because you're disassociated from your body, you know? Um, so there's all these little things. Um, so when I got into gardening and I started connecting with plants and then soon after, um, the fairy realm started to reveal itself to me. And, um, and 
that began for me a journey of healing over the course of the following years of getting more connected to the to the fairy realm but also connecting um with plants and a very uh, more um deeper level so i understand everything that you're saying you know um and um i remember when i had to the the fairies were like you got to have a compost bin and i'm like i no, i don't like worms that's not happening <laughs> no 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 no. you got to have a compost. like you know they were i could just feel it because they were like because for me, how fairies communicate, it's a lot of inspiration in my brain. Mm -hmm. Like go to Lowe's, go get a bin, cut it out, put it over here. Da, 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 da. Like it's a lot of like, and it's almost like I can't do anything else until I do the thing you want me to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's really that intense. And so I made the compost bin. I put it um, where, you know, they were telling me to put it. And um, and I remember that night because where I slept at the time, my bed was right by the window where the compost bin was. And I really had an adverse reaction, like physical to compost. I thought it was disgusting, like no joke, like it scared me for one. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was disgusting, but I did it anyway. Um, and um, and that night I couldn't I couldn't sleep. I remember that night I had the most intense dreams and my third eye, I felt it open actually. Like it was weird because I felt it like a knock, like a, like something hit me like in my third eye. And I was like, Whoa. And I had, um, I had really intense dreams that night and I woke up and I realized a lot about myself like a, it revealed a lot of things about why I struggled with compost, why I struggled with that aspect of life, because compost is life. I mean, we compost everything. If you think about it, it's not just dirt. We compost ideas. We compost friends sometimes, you know, we compost, we compost someday, like we're going to be compost, you know? Um, so it was, there was a, just in that one thing, um it became a huge life lesson for me over the coming years um of wisdom and understanding um for me on top of having some awesome compost to use in the garden <laughs> 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 and properly disposing of plants but um but yeah so and but i've been finding lately i've been a little um because i haven't re-upped my garden because I worked really hard last year on my garden and I did really well with tomatoes but not so well on some other things so and this year has been kind of a really busy year so I haven't had the focus on the garden so I didn't really do it but now I'm wanting to get back into that but anyway I we digress <laughs> um we should burn something so to set the tone I think Oh, and is there a way to use this book the way we use this book, or is it pretty straightforward? Very straightforward. So this book is just basically goes into like cedar, how you would use that. Right. We start with cleansing ourselves, cleansing our homes. Each chapter at the very end features two plants you can work with. Then there's a chapter on incorporating stones into your smoke practice to ground it in the physical. So you 
you can cleanse a stone in your smoke and carry that with you. So you're really carrying the energy of the smoke that you've created. Oh, There's like a section on spells. There's, so it's all very uh, user-friendly. You know, a section on hearth and home, protecting your family. Wait, where's that? Was that the, the tether ball that I saw? Is that what the magical tether ball? Mm -hmm. The grounding incentive. I just landed on this page as I was talking about grounding. <laughs> fantastic grounding and in carrying a magical tetherball or centering i said carrying but hey yep <laughs> chapter six rock and roll lifestyle adding crystals to up your game Ooh, yes wait chapter six page 81 page 81 i love it get me in oh rock and roll lifestyle hello <laughs> i like this and I do have lots of crystals because I infuse um, crystals into the aura sprays that I make. I layer, I layer them. There's lots of layers to the water that I make. Wonderful. Um, well, and I always like to tell people that the rock, the the star of the show is the water. Like mm -hmm. really, you know, everything else is like, you know, other bandmates. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Adding crystals to up your game. All right, combining stones with smoke. Okay, can you explain that a little bit? Because that's absolutely cool to me. It's so neat when we look at what we've created aromatically when we're blending different aromatic plants for our smoke practice. But it's another thing to be able to carry that magic with us. When we work an intention, when we work a spell, the hardest part is keeping that in the forefront of your mind so that you can manifest it so that it comes to be. So every time you, if you've actually used my little friend here, if I were to create a smoke for connection to my spirituality, and I were to bless my stone in that smoke. When I put this stone in my pocket, every time I reach for my wallet or my keys or my phone and I brush up against this very concrete representation of my magic, it brings my mind back to the moment that it was blessed, mm. the moment it was empowered. And it ends, it adds just a little bit of energy back to that intention over and over and over throughout my day. So I'm constantly reminded, that, oh yeah, I wanted to be reminded of my, my connection to the gods. I wanted to be reminded of my connection to my inner self. Mm. So every time I brush up against it, it's constantly reminding me, it's not just the power and the energy of the stone itself, but also what that stone represents in my magical practice. Mm. So if you were to take, you know, a piece of satin spar selenite you know we've got the radiant energy of the stone <laughs> itself <laughs> but you also have what it represents in your magical practice and in this case it's keeping me calmer I'm still an anxious person and I'll still work on that as a daily practice but it's still offering that connection that I need between me and the rest of the world I think that's awesome. I was lighting a, a candle and I realized mm -hmm. I was going to light it before we started. And I was like, oh, I forgot. But I think that's really cool combining. So, like, what's your favorite combination, like, of stone and smoke together? Clove and howlite. Clove brings luck into the home. It's protection, it's purification, it's hex breaking. Uh, 
we think of it as an herb, but it's actually a small flower. It just happens to be a very dense flower, a very sharp flower. So clove as a botanical ally is really multivalent. There's a lot of materials that it works with that it oversees, but pairing that with howlite, especially for someone who has a history of trauma, allows me to let the good expressions of myself out and to really put a filter on the things that aren't as helpful as aren't as beneficial. I want to take the, you know, the fear or the anxiety or whatever I'm feeling, and I want to ground that in the earth. I don't want to send that back out into the universe. I want to make sure that it's grounded where it can be recycled into something that's beneficial for us. Yeah. So like when you would um, pair a stone with the smoke, so like mm -hmm. you burn something and then, a, and then you would have like the crystal and you would kind of like just basically smudge the crystal or the stone with Absolutely. That smoke. That's how yeah, the, the smoke cleansing for the actual stone is twofold. We're actually imbuing it with the intention that we created in the smoke, but also understanding that that out live energy is contained within that stone with a concrete object. That's really cool. I really like that. All right, so let's, so I have actually Palo Santo here because I had a mm -hmm. and you were like, we're not doing sage. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to show everyone, I love the smell of sage, what sage looks like in case they were wondering. This is actually harvested in um, central California off a woman's farm. Like she mm -hmm. has this growing and she farms it and sells it. On her. Yeah, that's why it's so important to know your suppliers. Yeah, uh, I talk about it in Sacred Smoke. Whereas, um, if you don't know where things come from, get to know. You know, go to your local witchy shop and ask them where they where they get their yeah. materials from. Not in that, hey, I'm gonna cut out the middleman kind of way because that's skeezy. Nobody wants that. But yeah. in the getting to know the people who uh, you decided to do business with, with stones yeah. especially, um, it's so great to. I've had the privilege of being a part of some really incredible witchy shops and the salespeople that come around, hey, buy this out of the back of the truck. They're they're up and down the East Coast and they're all, all over the place. You form relationships <laughs> with these people. You know, the when at Crystals and Candles and Cauldrons, the gentleman who owns the mine will stop by and say, okay, what are you looking to do? do today so you can make relationships with these people you can understand that this was hand dug by a person mm -hmm. who you know i could tell you their life story they've got two kids and a wife and that's the kind of relationships that we want to build yeah i think so too i think that's really important you know um it's being responsible and mindful you know and then also supporting like businesses you know as mm -hmm. opposed to big corporate it's like honey you know like what china does to honey it's like <laughs> they ruined the honey industry it's almost impossible to get real honey these days um you gotta know but, someone who keeps bees yeah well i want to keep bees someday that's one of my dreams i want to do that um someday <clears throat> so i have myrrh here because i thought mm. you might like myrrh and this myrrh is really good i got it at the house of um intuition mm -hmm. which i don't normally shop there it was just close by where i live 
I actually normally go to the green man. You're familiar with the green man. Yeah, that's normally where I go. And this one's like a money draw. I've been, I need some extra cash. So I'm all like, <laughs> been burning my money um, draw stuff. Um, but I thought, do you think myrrh would be good? Should we do myrrh? Oh yeah, myrrh sounds amazing. And then um, let's tell our listeners what myrrh is good for so they know. Any of the plants, any of the plant materials like myrrh or frankincense that are associated with spirituality have this really beautiful connection, not just with the original religious beliefs that we associate with them, like Christianity, you know, the story of Jesus in the manger, frankincense and myrrh. Yeah. But they have such a long history beyond that, that those, (laughs) (laughs) those associations, when we burn some myrrh incense, when we really beautiful have the resin on hand and we're able to burn that it's not just a plant ally at that point it has such a long history of beneficial use in religious traditions from all over the world that you're now making a connection with every person who has been able to burn that in incense work it into their beauty products for from time immemorial Mm. so you're you're reaching that really incredible lineage of practitioners who have been able to work with that plant ally from thousands of years ago when we look at frankincense for example the essential oil the material itself is ridiculously expensive and people say oh my goodness why why is it so expensive i I can't there's a reason for it from the time you plant a single frankincense seed and it germinates into a little tiny seedling look two little epaulets burst forth from the, from the soil. It takes 20 years mm-hmm. for it to mature to the point where it's going to produce the sap that can then be dried into frankincense tears or distilled into frankincense essential oil. So that's 20 years of paying in the mortgage and the water bill and the guy to come and mow on the weekends. Like wow. that's 20 years of expenses before you can even hope to start trying to recoup some of those outlay costs. Is that frankincense or myrrh or both? both but frankincense specifically is the 20 year mark wow so it's not just the idea of harvesting you actually have to mindfully plant the plant take care of it water it feed it talk nice to it pet it you know make sure that <laughs> talk you know, nice it's to it not don't created piss it off. By, <laughs> definitely don't piss it off there's no uh, natural predators for for trees like uh, for instance deer nomming on it you don't have to worry about protecting it all of these things come in the cost of those materials so it's super important when we're looking at that to make sure that everything is handled the way it was you know for example sandalwood i've got some really gorgeous diluted sandalwood i love the sandalwood that comes from mountain rose oh yeah mountain rose they have good stuff mountain rose in order to combat the problems with sandalwood has found a really neat solution one of the issues with sandalwood is that it's become so popular, people will poach it. So they'll go into countries where sandalwood is grown, they'll poach the trees, sneak them out over the border of X country and have them chopped and distilled in no, in no time flat mm-hmm. with stolen wood. Oh, that's So cool. in order to get around those really shady business product practices uh, and illegal business practices, what they do is they have cultivated a very similar strain of 
Sandal Wooden Stone, the Santa album, it's Santalum Spicatum. So it's got a little spice to it. So it has a little spicier, a little warmer version of that sandalwood. It's not as soft. It's got a little kick to it. Mm. But the laws in Australia are such that if you harvest one tree, you have to plant three in its place. So they're constantly making sure that there's enough trees to be had oh, to create In Australia? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's so good. One of my favorite parts is they have done so well with this um, conservancy project that one of the largest farms for sandalwood trees in Australia is three times the size of the country of France. Wow. And it's all, as far as the eye can see, for hectares, <laughs> for oh. miles and miles and miles, it's all sandalwood trees. Wow. That's amazing. That's so cool. Well, that's good to know. So get your sandalwood in uh, Australia. <laughs> right absolutely I, I stumbled upon this um temple time let me see temple time where is it sorry hang on right here temple time yay i'm really curious about this can you explain what this is all about is this about creating sacred space it is it's about it's not just creating sacred space but it's the repeated practice of having sacred space in a specific spot, it's building a temple inside your own space. Mm. So today it might be your office, but next week it's your temple. And repeated practices in the same spot. Not only does it have the lingering odor of the beautiful fragrances that you're creating in there, but it also has the magical resonance that you've used it for this space, for this purpose, for this long. Mm. Uh, my very first witchy shop, I, I worked at slash hung out there. It's where my coven spent all of their time. They had a ritual room built into the shop. Mm. So we did ritual in there every new moon, every full moon. We had two, we had the open ritual for the community and we had the closed ritual for our coven space for years and years and years. It's now a tax office. I can't, Ooh. I, I, I giggle at the thought of these tax accountants feeling that beautiful warm <laughs> welcoming ritual space i mean we had a we had a pentacle in boston to the carpet like it, it was it was important <laughs> so having this beautiful temple energy in the in a tax office in a in a industrial park in baltimore just didn't, tickles me to no end <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> that temple space that you're building it doesn't have to have anything special in it. It could be your bedroom. It could be your, your spare bedroom. It could be the living room when you're not watching TV. Yeah. It doesn't have Magic, to be the, But your point is that it builds up over time. Yes. That's the point. Think about the oil that you worked with. You, every time you anointed your heart, you felt mm -hmm. that connection. Mm -hmm. We build those connections in with our senses, most especially our sense of smell. Um, in in this inspiration for botanical magic. Yeah. I was, I had to go to a family funeral. You know, great aunt so-and-so had died. It was not someone I had ever met, but the familial obligation said, okay, go and go to the funeral for aunt so-and-so. That's fine. So I had to go back to my mom's old neighborhood to the Catholic church where my mother was confirmed. She was not practicing Catholic, just the family church. I had, I don't think I had ever been inside a Catholic church at that point. Mm -hmm. so 
I go in, I'm waiting for my mom, my, my, some of my aunts are over on this space. This is the first event since the um, family funeral, the last funeral. This is people you only see at funerals and weddings. I had had an argument with her, with her at the last funeral because I wore my pentacle and she had a problem with it. Oh, so I'm nervous. I'm anxious. I'm a little fidgety. I'm a little, okay. When is my mom going to get here? Because I'm not expecting any of my other sisters. I'm the good kid. I drive from the farthest away. I made sure I was there early. And I'm really nervous, you know, fidgety. Mom's still nowhere to be found. And the back doors of the um, space open. And it's the guy, he's got the sensor and then they're wheeling the, the casket in. They've got the priest behind it. They got the guys with the flags. And I'm like, okay, it's starting. Where is she? And I went from anxious and nervous to completely fine in less than a half a heartbeat. Mm. Like what exactly is happening? And it took me a couple seconds to figure it out. The altar boys with the carrying the incense, making this space a sacred for this body to be put to rest. Yeah. That ritual room that I spent so much time in, that ritual space that welcomed me, my high priestess uh, describes herself as a, a recovering Catholic. So the beginning of every ritual we did she would smoke out that ritual room with frankincense and myrrh. Mm. So the moment my brain encountered that smell, my switch flipped and said, yes, I'm ready for ritual. What, what, let's ground and center. Mm. Without my cognizant thinking, without my saying, oh, okay. I had no idea what was happening to my body. I just knew that all of a sudden I was okay. Yeah, but your body knew that it was My okay. body knew. Your body we reacted. built up those responses and those uh, triggers over time my body said oh there's frankincense and myrrh it must be time for ritual bam wow i love it and you're so right about that like our sense of smell like it, it is attached to memory and um and i think that's really amazing i'm definitely going to try this temple time mix at some point um but lemon balm is that like that's not an oil right that's it can a- be an oil the essential oil of, of lemon balm is actually made from the flowers of the lemon balm plant, not the green leaves. Uh-huh. And uh, where do you so get it, lemon balm to burn? Like to make- uh, Any witchy yeah. shop, any, any healthcare uh, herb store, natural products. Well, uh, the it's a member of them. I ask is because I've never seen that, like dried lemon really? balm. Really? Yeah, like uh, I've never it, seen that around. It's a member of the mint family. Um, I actually have some right here. I have capsules that I keep on hand so I can, I don't have to grind it up. Oh. I just open up a gel cap. This, I, I got the herbal supplement from pipingrock.com. They do, um, it's an essential oil supplier. Oh, that's and they have awesome. natural products. So. Oh, that's a, awesome. Yeah. It's a sedative. Uh, you can grow it. It's part of the mint family. So it will grow anywhere. Wow. Uh, but it's it's a very chill plant. It's associated with uh, the goddess Diana. Ooh, so there's it. the lunar associations. It's sedative. It's emotionally regulating. So it's great for panic attacks. It's great for a lot of the higher vibration anxieties. It's not the it's not a, a low vibration more for a fear of death. It's more of a hey, what did I do to this thing? How am I going to handle? It? Oh my god. Yeah just chills right out it's really fantastic um, ally to have maybe i should grow lemon balm and just grow it in my garden <laughs> everyone should grow lemon balm. well i it's... have a i have a plot of land a small plot of land over here that i'm going to be um planning out what i'm going to grow um 
in the coming months. So maybe I'm going to add some lemon balm into the mix. Um, do you there's, know? There's a couple. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No. There's a tincture recipe and a, um, a vinaigrette recipe for lemon balm in brews Ooh. that is to die for, especially those hot summers where everything's sticky and you just don't want to be alive. <laughs> You're like, if I move, I'll be grumpy. It's, <laughs> it's the perfect, perfect herb for that. So it's in the back of the, the chapter, in the back of the book where you're talking about what to do with leftover libations. Ooh, hold on. Leftover libations. I, do, I did skim through that. Hang on, let me mark this temple time area here. Hold on. In this book. So I remember later. You have so many good names too. I'm staring at Love Lies Bleeding. <laughs> I'm like, okay, got to look into that one. Love lies bleeding, heals a broken heart. Oh, I love that. Who doesn't need to heal a broken heart every once in a while? Mm -hmm. Okay, so let me, okay, now I'm gonna go. I'm with you now, I'm with you now. Here we go. So to the back of- I think it's chapter nine. Pentacles and Brews, chapter nine. <clears throat> you guys are getting the, <laughs> you're getting the full, <laughs> you know. <laughs> The full class, the full master class on this. Love potions, tea, and honey magic. Oh, I have so much tea. Have you heard of Club Magic Hour? Oh yes, I get. I see their advertisements on Facebook yes, all the time. That, yeah, I actually went. I discovered her in Ojai. I didn't even know who she was, and she was having a tea and tarot evening. I just happened to be there. And I was like, well, yeah, I'll go to that. So I went to that and I met her, met Zena, and oh, she's a divine goddess of Ojai, like amazing woman. And her teas are just so beautiful and they're mixed so well. I have like quite a few of her teas. I've been switching it up um, in terms of like trying to be healthier. So I've been drinking tea instead of wine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and actually I'm, I, I quite enjoy it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. A lot. Um, anyway, so she does these tea rituals and all that stuff. Um, so I'm excited about diving into your book and what mm -hmm. you, um, how you use tea as magic as well. I have to tell you, my favorite part about brews was learning to make shrubs. Oh, have you gotten to that section yet? No, <gasps> learning to make shrubs. Yes. What? Where's that? Okay. Well, it's Wait. in the kitchen chapter. This is a strawberry shrub. What? It's this beautiful cherry colored potion. Oh, that looks amazing. It, it really is. Um, I taught the, the full length version of this class over the weekend. So I, I had it still sitting on my desk next to me. Oh, what page number should I go to for that? Or wherever you want. Do, do, do. And what is a shrub? When I think a shrub, I think plants Let's i don't know see. it should be in the kitchen chapter kitchen kitchen, kitchen. what were we doing in chapter nine i figured I oh it was chapter 11. uh it was started as chapter nine and we got moved to chapter 11 for the final beverage um what to do with leftover potions oh so there's all yeah. sorts of recipes in there how to make magical lollipops um oh magical lollipops a lavender black pepper cheesecake I actually had a cookie named after me because of this cheesecake. What? 
there's a witchy bakery in the next state over oh, and run by witches and they're fabulous and i adore them <laughs> and they all of the sandwiches and salads and whatnot on their menu are named after famous witches and so i got a, a text saying I, I really want to name something after you i'm going to figure it out and i got a text of these beautiful the most beautiful cookies you've ever seen in your life they're the size of your whole head oh, man. it's a brown butter chocolate chip cookie with white chocolate chips um cracked black pepper and lavender Ooh, crap what that <laughs> sounds amazing they're the best cookies i've ever had in my life black pepper makes sweet things taste sweeter oh i didn't know that yes oh, i'm learning something new here oh yeah you have crap fresh lavender black pepper cheesecake oh well now i have to make that it's so good <laughs> oh here's the lollipops 181 is the shrubs so a shrub is a drinking vinegar oh a drinking vinegar so it's a it's one of it's one of the first beverages was switchel you can actually find uh ruth drinking switchel in the bible it's a mm -hmm. cooling beverage for your whole body it's like whole body air conditioning wow um the original switchel was molasses vinegar and water just made into a drink cools your whole body it's, uh, because it clears the natural coating on your tongue so when you're inhaling your breath, it actually cools your tongue, your bronchioles, all the way down. So even if you're hot and sticky mess, this beautiful shrub will cool you down. So before we even had vinegar, before we had air conditioning, we had refrigeration, we had shrubs. So it's a great way to preserve fruits, vegetables, herbs that are going to go bad. You're thinking, oh, I've got this, I've got a, a box of strawberries that's going to go bad on the counter. I'm not going to have time to eat them. Make them into a shrub. I love that. So, oh, actually, I'm going to make a drink right here. I think we should make a drink. I, oh, so, so a shrub is one cup of strawberries in this case, one cup of vinegar, and one cup of sugar. So, oh. you can use any sweetener. Uh, you can use honey, agave, white sugar, brown sugar. Um, light brown dark brown sugar anything that's sweet um you let the fruit macerate in the vinegar for about two days just sit it on the counter what happens is the vinegar breaks the cell wall of the fruit and it allows the water and the flavor inherent in that fruit into the syrup oh. so you have, after two days you have this sort of pulpy mess that used to be fruit and this beautiful syrup with vivid colors and decadent oh. smells and it works year round. Oh, I wish I had that when I, my pears were going bad and I could have made a pear shrub. Mm -hmm. I ended up I composting a, them anyway, but I could, they literally could. And I thought, oh, I should make a jam with this. And then I was too late. One of my favorite parts about this is, so the first thing I did right before lockdown in March of 2020, was I stopped by the grocery store to get some materials some foods and i'm thinking what can i have on hand to brighten up an otherwise untenable situation and my brain said oh watermelon <laughs> I'm, I'm, i live on the east coast i live in delaware <laughs> watermelon in march is not a thing no. <laughs> <laughs> but my the ooh shiny part of my brain said i need watermelon so i get it home and i taste it and of course it looks pretty but it tastes like sand Oh, so I was so disappointed. There's no flavor in it because that is season. 
yeah. It was gas ripened, just like those gas ripened strawberries that get me every time. <laughs> but the neat part about that is that turning it into a shrub releases all of that flavor into the syrup. And so it does the flavor that was hiding buried deep uh, inside of it poor little five dollar fruit bowl is now released into a syrup and i can have the beauty of watermelon all year round oh i love that i'm going to experiment with these shrubs now i'm excited and i love how um because see it's more than just like oh here's some cool um ideas to mix i mean this is about making magic and this is kind of what I wanted to read something in here. What makes it magical? The first topic, and we see here, magic. Okay, here we go. This is the quote I wanted to quote you on. Magic is the pitter patter in your heart when you when seeing someone that catches your fancy, or the butterflies in your stomach that give you a thrill when your loved ones are near. Magic is the hair standing up on end, warning you that something is about to happen. These things can be explained away with biological reasoning, but that makes them no less magical. I love that. I love that. And adding, um, do you want to add to that? I, I love that because I think magic is simpler than people make it. They want to make it into this like thing, but it's actually quite simple. Hey, Wild Ones, so make sure to go and listen to part two to hear the rest of the podcast. Um, I also have it on my new YouTube channel, um, so I'll make sure to post a link um, to that so you can see us um, having a chat. Um, also, the fun part is in part two, we're going to make a cocktail, and she goes into great detail about how to actually make a magical um, elixir, a magical drink, all that stuff. So if you guys are really into the practical part of the episode, make sure to go there. Also, if you do tend to go to her shop and you're curious about um, her products, she did give us Wild Ones a 25% off um, code. So if you use coupon code Wild One, all lowercase, Wild One, um, you can get 25% off of everything in her shop. And you would go to blackthornhoodooblends.com for that. I'll also make sure to post a link in the description for you guys as well. Anyway, see you in part two.